0: Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cheats Movement Podcast, a very special edition. This is brought to you on the Family Podcast Network. I am your host, Cheats, and I am joined by a very special guest, renowned choreographer, founder of the Arch Dance Company, Jennifer Archibald, is in the building. Jennifer, welcome to the Cheats Movement.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I
0: was I was saying off the air, this is very new to me. I've been... uh podcasting for several years, I've had a blog up for over a decade, and we have never had a ballet choreographer, founder, company owner on the Cheats Movement, and it is an honor to have you, because you are in the middle of a very special uh, presentation that is happening right now at the Richmond Ballet. Mm -hmm. It is Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Ballet Edition. And if, cor- correct me if I'm wrong, help me out here, because yes. it is, it is a, it has taken inspiration from the famed movie that we all know with Sidney Poitier, uh, I believe it might be 1967. Yes. Uh, but it is not a reenactment of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. It is your own ballet take. Tell us a little bit about this project, how it came together and its debut at the at the Richmond Ballet.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a contemporary ballet choreographer and I fuse a lot of different um, techniques to fuse a lot of different aesthetics in, in movement. And um, the work I did last year was about the 1921 massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I found that a lot of black choreographers were being asked to create works um, about the black experience, but I wanted to make a work that didn't live in the depths of despair. And, uh, guess who's coming dinner was, was a movie that was introduced to me from my parents. And, um, I knew it was a movie about love. And even though it was, um, highlighting interracial relationships, I just thought that I could like create, create something that, was inspired from that movie, but bring us into what love is today in terms of um, like looking at all the different relationships. I mean, we haven't, like, have we really, I I think there's still a lot of judgment for interracial couples. And um, now, you know, as the world, is evolving. We're now looking, we're seeing, we're seeing different relationships. We're seeing same gender relationships. We're seeing relationships being challenged with different religions. And um, I think there's a lot of, a lot of couples and a lot of people out there that are still fighting to be with the person that they're with. And that was really, um, that was really what I was trying to explore within the work.
0: Talk to me about the process. So I know you said that the movie was introduced to you by your parents. Mm-hmm. We're in a climate, in a time where, for better or for worse, uh, people are asking creatives and artists and people like yourselves to create things that are reflective of the Black experience. Mm-hmm. Your approach, and, and the, the thing that you already said that was interesting, was you wanted to make uh, a piece of work that would live, contemporary piece of art that would live, that reflects the black experience in many ways, but not something that is sad or destitute. Look, you're already you're you're coming off of the of the Tulsa. You know what you're saying about the the work that you did about the Tulsa massacre, which I'm sure is extremely heavy, heavy stuff. Sure. This, was your process here and this one did it feel lighter? Did it feel a little bit more love? Tell me tell me about the process and what you're trying to to, to explore it and what you found when you got out of it.
1: You know, I think it the topic itself did feel lighter, but I think the importance of the research behind the work is is always is as important no matter what topic it, it is. So, um, you know, when I was brought into like well, I didn't realize that the all of this all of this history with the Lovings happened 45 minutes away from the building. Uh, from absolutely, the building.
0: yep, absolutely. So that
1: that that research was able to kind of amplify the em- importance of the work and also the importance of the work, um, being created in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, but in answer to like your question, did it feel lighter? I think, um, you're able the idea of a black choreographer walking into a white space and creating work where I have been told by black patrons that ballet is not made for us, mm-hmm. that, that, um, when you hear a statement like that as an artist, you definitely feel as though you have a responsibility to, to try to create stories where you can have an audience that is diverse to come and buy tickets to watch because a lot of people, there's all, you know, a lot of black people don't really, they're not in these seats when you go to see ballet. Not at all. And, and I think we're now trying to make shifts in the ballet industry where companies are are hiring more Black dancers and also getting choreographers to share more stories, share more stories that really reflect the world and really reflect a diverse world. And I think that's the role that, that I'm beginning to play within the ballet industry
0: one thing that stands out there's there's so many things that stand out about uh this particular uh piece of work and whether it's the diversity and the dancers uh but one of the things I, I, I have marveled at is that this uses music from yeah. Ray, Ray Charles correct and is it
1: Donny Hathaway as well and Sam Cook not typical ballad music no right? Sam Cook and, and and even Bobby Nack and Cole I mean these are right. like these are legendary voices, legendary Black voices that are carrying the movement throughout the storytelling. And um, I think that th- those are voices that were loved by all races. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time making sure that I chose these these voices that, that carried a lot of hope through the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And um, it just kind of adds to the idea that you don't always have to come into a ballet and hear classical music or hear Fred Astaire or Frank Sinatra or whatever these, you know, there's there's definitely been um, classic ballet masterpieces mm-hmm. that have stayed within the ballet repertories for years. And I think I'm just trying to create something to, to, to the history of ballet where we can really... Um, where we can hear, you know, legend legendary black voices. That's no, beautiful. Like it's it's, it's beautiful. you know I, it, I never I didn't grow up watching a ballet piece where I heard that, right. And um, you know, there's pieces that have done that have been done by Dance Theater of Harlem where you're hearing these voices. But when you're, if you're gonna, if I have an opportunity to, to go to the South and and create work. Why not try to expose the dancers, the the creative team, and a predominantly white audience a new experience?
0: You talked about this is that's wonderful. It's beautiful. I'm riveted. I'm really, really excited to uh, to actually see it in, in action. And we have until November six. If yes. anybody that's listening, you have until November six to to check it out. Um, when you talk about the audience, and you talk about the community at large um you have had throughout your life experiences where there was diversity in ballet Mm -hmm. um and you've continued to hold a mantle and encourage that and and present things that does encourage new audiences like hopefully the audience that's uh listening on our site to come check out the 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 ballet Mm -hmm. would you say it's more uh unexposure or more misconception when you hear things like ballet's not for us um you're a person that is working to change that, has lived your life to 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 make sure that uh, ballet is more inclusive. Is it is it unexposure or just misconception? How do we get more uh, communities of color to attend the ballet and enjoy it, just like uh, you know white counterparts?
1: I mean, that's a really loaded question. There's a lot of reasons. Not my I- intention. I'm sorry. Not. No. I mean, it goes. It, you know, if. I'll, I'll immediately jump into like the, just the education of dance. So there's a sure. lot of dancers that just don't feel like they're seen when they do it when they are, when they are, um, in a ballet class. And I think that, um, changes the trajectory of dancers, of black dancers of where they feel they fit in and where they feel they're going to be successful. And that's a huge reason why, um, we lack the diversity of of black dancers because there's a, there's several moments in their in their training where they feel that they're never going to get the lead or they're never going to get um get through this audition and and really be casted so that has been going on for so many years mm-hmm. there's conversations about the ballet body and how it serves the stage in terms of does a is a black body, how does a black silhouette look like? what do they look like on stage versus a white? there's a lot of there's there's a lot of factors in this. Mm. And um, ballet classes are expensive. And there's a lot of um, a lot of dancers, a lot of young hopefuls that can't afford to take ballet. So I would say there's, there's just a lot of reasons why we're not, why they're not, why the dancers are not diverse in the company and also why the, um, the audience is not diverse. Mm-hmm. There's a, many of the board of directors across the country for ballet companies are predominantly white mm-hmm. and, and, You know, when we have a more diverse board of directors, then they would be requesting for different stories to come on stage and they would be requesting for different choreographers to come on board to set work. So um, yeah, it's just it's it's been a long road, but I think there's um, there's a lot of organizations and a lot of black dancers that are that are um, that are pushing Pushing the boundaries and pushing to be seen, and I think um, in the past couple of years, you're, you've you've seen a shift, and people are realizing that the these black dancers have something very powerful to say in the theater.
0: Talk to me about that optimism, because even just talking to you um, and learning about your story and your journey for someone that's not familiar with ballet. Knowing that there's a Jennifer Archibald there, mm-hmm. gives me excitement, gives me optimism. Um like you were just saying recently over the last couple of years, the requests for the types of stories have changed. Hopefully, that encourages uh, different, like you said, different um dancers, different people that are involved, maybe even behind the scenes. as mm-hmm. you go through um your experience, what what gives you optimism? What gives you hope that, ballet is moving in the right direction to be uh inclusive
1: tall uh <clears throat> what gives me hope I mean I've always I feel, I feel like I'm setting
0: you up I don't mean to I don't mean to no at all.
1: you're not you're not I you, well, I think when you choose when you choose dance you have to really love it in order to make a huge commitment to what you're what you're signing up for mm. and there's so much talent in um in the black community and so much talent in 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 black choreographers that you you can see them making work and you can see them uh getting on bills and getting on these bills that may have higher stakes in terms of like national companies. And um, it's happening more than it's ever happened before. Um, Memoirs of Blacks in Ballet is an organization that began by uh, Teresa Howard. And she was able to make a beautiful work for the Kennedy Center where she had hired um, Black dancers from all over the country to perform on stage at the Kennedy Center. Phenomenal. Yeah. So things are happening. And I think um, dancers of color are really seeing their strength. And seeing that they have something to offer. And uh, you can you you can just feel that that power is brewing amongst us dance artists.
0: That's awesome. That's awful. Ladies and gentlemen, Jennifer Archibald is with me. It is Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. I was told... This is a world premiere that's happening at the Richmond yes, Ballet. World a- premiere. How, how long? So from concept to touching the stage on opening night, how long is the process to for for you to put this thing together?
1: I mean, I'm physically in the studio for about three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in terms of you know, brainstorming ideas and and kind of living in the concept. It usually goes on for about six months. And also choosing the music, I've gone through about 170 songs, mm. um, just like making sure that everything flows well and creating the score and making sure it makes sense and it feels good. And it's I'm going to get a good response from the audience. It's like you're making music, you're making you're making sure that the concept is clear. And then you're also um, creating the movement. I personally create movement on the spot when I go into the studio. Oh. So all of the, everything is kind of lined up. And then if you give me a great group of dancers and the Richmond Ballet dancers um, were phenomenal in the process and very open to everything in terms of um, experimenting, the work um, falls into place.
0: That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, for the people that still have a couple of days to, to, to come and check it out, the actual um, piece of work, the actual presentation, what should the audience expect? What do you hope the audience uh, sees when they're, when they commented?
1: Uh, What do I hope the audience sees? Um, I think I just want, I I just. (laughs) Your vision. vision. (laughs) My vision? The execution. The execution. I think I wanted them to really just think about the different ideas of, of what love could be you know, and, and feel that potential and understand that there's still a lot of judgment that's happening. And you can, you know, you can, I, 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 there's, there's different moments in the work where you, you go into the journey of that. You're, you're living your best day in the relationship. And then you see the moment, the highs and lows, the highs and lows of, of what happens in love. And, um, For me, you know, when I create work, I really just always want the audience to to sit back and think. And I hope that my work can resonate on an audience member where they can. They can kind of keep it in their bodies and think about it for more than for more than the 20 minutes that it's been on stage.
0: That is phenomenal, Jennifer. It's the world premiere. It's going on right now. And it runs through November 6th. Guess who's coming to dinner? It's at the Richmond Ballet where can people follow everything that you're doing? I know you have a million things going on. We were joking <laughs> before we came on. I was like, I don't know how uh, Jennifer yeah. is able to do this all because it is a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot.
1: It's a lot. It is a lot. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at, at jarchdance. Jarchdance.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, everybody, please do that. If you are able to make it out um, until November 6th, please do so it is it's a it's a pleasure it's an honor to talk to you and meet you jennifer uh i wish you the very best of luck as as we've not like you need it again ladies and gentlemen if you haven't been (laughs) if you haven't been to the websites or the instagram please check it out because this phenomenal woman is doing i mean so much so much has already been happening so i'm so excited uh to get to, to to meet you and I'm sure I'll be down a, a long rabbit hole of of looking at the stuff that you've already done and and obviously the new stuff that you're doing. So very excited for you. Thank you. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, this is the cheats movement. Uh, until next time, we see it. Yes. Yeah, yo am time to play, leaving. Right, see you the airport.